This is WCPO FM 1051 on your FM dial, Cincinnati, Ohio. WKRC, Cincinnati. This is the nation station. Hi again, everyone, and welcome to the Cincy Shirts Podcast. It's episode 27. I'm P.F. Wilson, content director for Cincy Shirts and our sibling site, OldSchoolShirts.com. Today on our show, it's your old pal, Duke Sinatra. So March comes out, and there's, there I am with the dog, and I said, I, I, took, I took her out, and she went she went to the bathroom, and March says, tinkle or poo? I said, well, a little bit of both. I had to show her how, though. And she said, oh, you, and slaps me. <laughs> Duke Sinatra, of course, was a cast member of the Gary Burbank Show for many, many years, starting in the early 1990s, right up until Gary retired in 2007. His real name, by the way, is John Davies, and I've known him for about 20 years uh, since I started writing for Gary back in 1996. We had a fun, fun chat with John slash Duke. Be sure to listen for the promo code at the end of the episode so you can save 20% on your next Cincy shirts or old school shirts order or both. So let's talk to Duke Sinatra from the Gary Burbank Show. Cincinnati, Ohio. Cincinnati, Ohio. I come from C-I-N-C-I-N-N-A-T-I-Cincinnati. CincyShirts.com in Cincinnati. Is this okay. good or should I be closer to you? Uh, you might be closer to yeah. right. a little better. See it more uh, interrogation style. Exactly. Yeah. 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 All right. I'm not really good with the microphones. <laughs> I'm really good. not. We'll discuss that. There you go. All right. So, uh, gosh, we've known each other for. I'm going to think, when did I start? 96, I think. Is that what it was? I'm Rob, really bad with dates. Rob pulled me in. I yeah. was uh, up, up in, it was all on Old Frog Mountain, and I was trying to uh, uh, sell this idea of an entertainment talk show to, I think, 1360 or something. How'd that go? Badly. <laughs> uh, I t- and the guy I just was didn't like, give you it? this is a great idea. You give us $5,000, and and then you can go sell advertising for it. I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> you're... you're was J-Corps at the time. Sure. You're a big radio company. <laughs> you give me $5,000. No, no, you give us $5,000, pal. And so well, I'm totally disillusioned. I walk out, and there's Rob Irvin. Hey, P.F., want to ride for us? A fellow Bowling Green Bowling Falcon? Green. Yeah, yeah. Well, from old WBGU, and I'm like, sure. And so the first thing I ever wrote was a, uh, a commercial for a ticket scalping business. Uh and that was the first thing I ever got produced. It was yeah. November of 90. It had to be November of 96. We were still in our old apartment. So yeah. the whole family got around the radio, and you're like, hey, my, uh, my spot's coming on. Um, I did record it because I think it was during <laughs> it was, the show was on 12 to, well, it varied. What was it, 2 to 5? It, it was 2 to 6 for, to, for in the early time. days, yeah. 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 But I remember the very first time I wrote something and it was on the radio. Yeah, you got out the cassette. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. And you recorded it. I and did. You're yeah. So excited. Yeah. And I had I had that for a long time. Did they, did they change anything? In the very script? little, actually. Yeah. I was surprised. Yeah, I was too. Because later down the road, you know, some things would get changed and, and things like that for production reasons, I reckon. But um, yeah, I f- uh, framed it, and when I finally got the check for it, put the little dollar in it from it. And put was it, it the pig check? Uh, you probably, yeah. The Gary Burbank yes. you used to, from Broadbank Burbcasting, used to That's have a correct. little picture of a pig in the corner. Yep, it did, yeah. Called so, well, let's back up. How did you get mixed up with Gary? You're from here, right? Well, come 
pretty much, pretty much. I moved into the area when I was like seven from upstate New York. Okay. So, okay. I mean, does that, you never really become a member of the Cincinnati know. community so, if you've... So do, do I ask you about high school or is Exactly. It? That's, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, then, and then to make it even worse, I went to high school in northern Kentucky, so... Oh, okay. Yeah, so I'm not really All a right. Cincinnati. All right. But um, my grandfather actually listened to Gary Burbank starting back in the morning show. Yeah, 80s. When he took over from, for uh, James Francis Patrick O'Neill and listened to him into the afternoon and, and I listened to him when I was, you know, 11, 12 years old. Yeah. Um... And my grandfather actually used to send him sometimes clippings. You know, okay. He was one of those guys that would find something funny that he thought was funny in the newspaper. Would send him into Gary, and he, I'd actually hear that something my grandfather sent in to Gary Burbank got broadcast on the nation station. So that was so kind you, of exciting. Were you a radio, radio guy before that? No, not just, really. Not really, uh, no. And never really became one. I mean, a uh, lot of radio people... Radio people are like, they know their um, big stations in every market. And yeah, yeah. know their... Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I never really got a license. I never <laughs> I never got oh, the official yeah. FCC license. Oh, well, All yeah. that stuff was faded out by the time I got there. That's true, yeah. So uh, I was always more of a... And I mean, the job itself is... I didn't go through the normal process of working at a college station. Or right, working right. At a, you know, it just it came more from the writing front. Okay, yeah. so then what was your involvement from there? I mean, at some point, you, did you start submitting stuff, or did it you... It started with calling in. He used to have a segment called Ask Andy with Andy McWilliams. Oh, yeah. Voice of the Xavier Basketball for all those years, Andy Mac. Mm-hmm. Did a very funny segment called Ask Andy where people called in, and it was the kind of questions like, why do you drive on a parkway and park in a driveway, yeah. that kind of stuff, and Andy sure. would say something witty and fun about it. <laughs> Gallagher's act. It was, <laughs> without the, the sight gag, yeah. Um, so I, I started calling in every day, and um, eventually met Gary at his restaurant and expressed my desire to write, and uh, started writing. Oh, okay. Yeah. So how old were you then? I was still in college. I was 21. Okay. Yeah. Ball State? Yep, Ball State Cardinal. There you go. Yep. Another Mac school. My yep. mom went to Ball State. Oh, yeah? Yep. Yeah. There you go. She didn't get on the radio. Yep. But anyway. Okay. Yeah, I never... We'll say that for another ne- episode. I never got into the radio there either. Never... Almost got into the student section of it just because I had a lot of albums. Oh. <laughs> so what was your degree in? I, I never quite got my degree in okay. political cool. science. Never quite got it. <laughs> Started working for, for Gary. Got offered a job by... Gary while I was still going to school and well, there you oh. go. You go to school to get a job, you get a job, you don't need to go to school, right? Yeah, yeah. There I you was, go. If it was what you wanted, that's great. Yeah. Well it just seemed like a an opportunity, you know. Definitely so it was early nineties? Yeah. I, I well it was by the time I got I got hired in ninety oh man, I'm so bad with the dates now. Especially now that it's over. Yeah. Um Ninety six, I think, is when I was actually hired. Oh, okay. So I wrote for like four years. Oh, okay. So it was right before he went syndicate the national syndication deal. Huh. I thought because I when I moved here, I started uh, listening because I'm a big radio guy, but I didn't. Well, weirdly, I had heard Gary, but I didn't know I'd heard Gary because growing up in Cleveland, we listened to CKLW from across the lake in Detroit. Sure. The big Gary, eight. The big eight. And Gary uh, have the shirt at OldSchoolShirts.com, folks. Check it out. Uh, we um. We'd listen to it, my brother and I, and I didn't realize that I'd probably heard Gary in, in that time. 
And then uh, when I moved here, I was working at Blockbuster, and one guy told me, he goes, yeah, there's this guy on the radio. His name is Gary Burbank. He has an afternoon radio comedy show. And I'm like, an afternoon comedy? i got to check this out. So I listened to it and instantly became a fan. I seem to think you were there for like a while before I showed him. Maybe I guess it wasn't that long. Yeah. Huh. Maybe I could also have the dates wrong. But so, I think that's what so, well, I'm thinking of the election of... Of '96, maybe it was maybe it was a year or two before then. So, what were you like when you got the job? What, what were you hired to do? You know what? It was '94 because I, uh-huh. Clinton was elected in '92. Yes, and the Republicans took over Congress in '94. Yes, so it was '94. Political science degree. Yes, <laughs> I try to remember the events happened, and there were no life events then. Right. You know how you try to yeah. make dates by life. Yes. All I was doing was drinking and going to sleep and <laughs> eating free food. So there was yeah. no. <laughs> no life events to, to really correlate. That's a whole lifestyle. Yes, it went that way for a while. So Doc at that time is co-host. Yes, and Roger Naylor has just come in too. That's right. And I did I did some. Um, Roger was a comedian around town. Yep. Um, should be in the Cincinnati Comedian Hall of Fame, I guess, when yeah. they make one. Is he still in Arizona? He is. He does a lot of travel writing, and yeah, check that out if okay. you have any interest in Arizona at all, or. Uh, Hiking, or I mean, he he knows his stuff, and he really gets into it. Yeah, I think what right when I started listening <clears throat> was right when Doc left for a while. Yes, he and, left and came back. Yes, and then Roger was friends with uh, a guy I knew, Big Jim Luger's a mm-hmm. comedian, and uh, so that's kind of another way I kind of. And then uh, oh, my in fact, my friend Jim is uh, this is the BBC. That's my friend. Yes. Jim. Okay. Great. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. So uh, so you show up. Uh, Doc's leaving. Roger's coming in to be the sidekick. What? How do you fit into the show at this point? Uh, writing prep. I would write prep and um, uh, do some producing with Roger. Roger was the, slated to be the producer, setting up guests and that kind of thing. And yeah, writing uh, under his direction and Gary's in the very beginning. And that's the one thing that stayed constant through my 13 or 14 years. There was writing the prep every day. Wow, that was that yeah. long. Yeah, yeah man. 14 years. Think about it, yeah. Well, I was there 10, so yeah. <laughs> it so just flew by. Was that intimidating at first? I mean, trying to get your groove and you know how everybody else thinks or whatnot, or did you not have much freedom, or did you kind of learn your over, styles? At or? first, I overthought it. At first, I thought I was like I was doing it like I was... Um, like I was writing a monologue for the Tonight Show or something. Yeah. Oh, we'll put this one first, and we'll. <laughs> oh, that's not bad. Then we can segue into this. And I was six laying, laps a minute. I was yeah, I'm laying it all out, and um, it's taking forever. And that's the thing about a Daily Show is you just gotta. It's deadlines, man. You gotta get it done. And it came about time to get with Gary, and I'm and I'm still not quite there. And he goes. What are you doing? Just, just give me that. <laughs> I'll figure it out. And that's yeah. yeah. After that, it was Adam. After that, it was liberating. After that, it was just yeah. I wrote three shows, and he picked one out of it. <laughs> yeah. Just it was just I. It, that was the coolest part, and what fit into my what I like to do, and what I'm good at, I guess, is just. Just badgering him with a ton of material and let him yeah. pick, let him pick out what he want what he wants. So did you have your uh, your bag of evergreen stuff, and then you you try to write you know the, there were a uh, few yeah events as much as you can to get as much keep, keep well these were mostly news stories with jokes afterwards, um, and, but there were there were definitely some evergreen jokes. <laughs> That's a good, I, if I knew I was going to be asked about that, I'd think of what they were. But yeah, there were some things that just <laughs> that I would repeat through the years. Yeah. Well, that's what we try to do with T-shirts too. It's like 
yeah, the current event ones are, are fun, but yeah. uh, but if you can think of one that will sell year in year out, you absolutely, know, it's uh, you know those are the ones that you know really uh, we we try to get a bunch of sure. So at some point you start performing too, though, because you know you become the voice of Saint CEO and Larry Flint and. Uh, well, I started. I, yeah, actually, I started doing Marge before. Before Gary even knew who I was, before, uh-huh. yeah. Somewhere I've got a cassette tape of like some prank calls to, huh. m- maybe one to McConnell and about eighty to Cunningham. <laughs> <laughs> and as Marge, yeah, and a couple to Gary, but I wasn't like pranking him. I was, you know, yeah, yeah. But Gary didn't know it was me. But he knew it was a shtick. He, he, yeah, he, he knew he knew. Something was going. <laughs> he knew. He knew someone Wait, was calling and impersonating Marge. But Cunningham and McConnell didn't, or you did they didn't? No, I mean they had no reason to know. I wasn't working there at the time. I know, this but, was they, before. But, they, but did they think it was someone calling up just doing a voice, or did they really think? No, that I pretty much made it really? obvious that it was Marge. Yeah. Oh my God, that yeah. is so funny. I've never heard that story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then one day I did it, and I I had done one earlier in the day, but then I called in to ask Andy. And as Doc's put me on hold, he's like, "Duke, are you are you Marge?" Uh huh. And you got yeah, you got me, you got me. And I think that that helped him get me hired. Uh, yeah. Can you give us a little taste, or is that? Hey, honey, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sounds just like her. <laughs> Uncanny. So I was going to bring this up when we had uh, Lance McAllister in the other day. But we kind of got off off track with some. How uh, we were talking about how the, the the whole Bengals divorce from WLW back in the nineties. Okay. When they got upset. Okay. So, and I remember that uh, Gary was always very careful that Marge was never Marge for the longest time, until the very end, I think, that he finally, Marge was Marge, was Saint CEO. But he had no problem calling out Mike Brown or any of the Bengals organization. Yeah, that has everything to do with the Reds' contract. Yeah, they're, and uh, okay. I, I think it was just pretty much stated, Gary Burbank is not allowed to mention Marge's name, and that's where it came from. But did they wow. still get upset with Saint CEO because clearly? Well, it wasn't. It, it that was my in as well as Gary wasn't allowed to do. Oh, to do Marge. Ah, so Marge just calls so in. So Marge, yeah, it's some she's other a guy. Fan. <laughs> right. Oh, it's just a fest. Oh, okay, yeah, it's I see. just a dude. Who knows who this is? Uh, okay, so so even after you were hired, because then you'd go in the next room and call in. That was the way you used to work for a long time. Yeah. Yeah. So it was still kind of functioning like that, or you could just well, say, she, hey. yeah, and a good part of that. I mean, she she left after a while too. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Huh. She showed up at the radio station one day. It was one of my one of the funniest moments ever. She shows up with the dog and she's there for something official. I mean she's like she's not just goofing around. <laughs> so she walks in with the dog and everybody's just freaking out. Everybody's so excited. And um Somehow I get over and I get the dog away from her. I'm like, oh, I'll take, I'll take him out. Like I, I got it. And I go walking down the hallway with the dog and J. David Martin, rest in peace. He just passed away. Wonderful general manager, the big guy at WLW, <laughs> who had to do the negotiations with the Reds every year to make sure that. I mean, that's the heart and soul of the station. Maybe not so much today, but. He sees me walking down the hallway with <laughs> the dog, shakes his head, turns around, goes in his office, and closes the door. He wants no part of it. <laughs> so I take the dog out on the little patio. and This is Shotzi? That's Shotzi. Shotzi That's Shotzi 02, yeah. And um, 
Doug goes to the bathroom and everything, and I think she was recording a commercial. So Marge comes out, and there's there I am with the dog, and um, I said I, I took I took her out, and she went she went to the bathroom, and Marge says tinkle or poo. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, a little bit of both. I had to show her how, though. She said, oh, you, and slaps me. <laughs> it was a lovely afternoon with Marge, one of, wow. my, one of my rare encounters with Marge. That's so funny. Yeah. And, and this is, I, you, this is, you'd been doing the impression for a while then? Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. I ran into Mike Brown in the airport once when I worked there in the midst of us doing all my Bengals. Yeah. And I wanted to ask him so badly, hey, what do you think of, uh, and I didn't have the nerve to do it, though. I chickened out. Yeah. yeah. I, think he, I think he had some conversations with Gary, like, um, and was okay with it, you know. Yeah. These were the earlier days where he, his, he, uh, Mike Brown was portrayed as like a kid with a little kid's voice back yeah. when Paul Brown was in charge okay. of the this thing. Is before my time, yeah, okay, yeah. <laughs> so, and I think his one complaint to Gary was, "Would you stop? You know, can yeah. I stop being a kid now? Can you at least make my voice different?" <laughs> but then that transferred to Katie Blackburn, and then which I think when Leah did the voice. She did as a, in a little girl voice. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. It was weird. I, I always had no problem writing for all my Bengals, but I couldn't do anything for Reds and the Restless. Yeah. It was the strangest thing. None of my stuff ever got on. And toward the end, most of my all my Bengals stuff got It was me, you, and I, uh, Joe McDonough. Right. Toward the end. Yeah, The well, all my Bengals got to be... I mean, it was, it was just the same thing over and over again for so many it years. It was really hard. <laughs> I mean, on the field, it was the same thing over and over yeah, yeah. again. So to try to write something new was yeah sometimes was a, laborious. It was a challenge. You really yeah. had to like dig for stuff. But we managed. Yeah. And it was actually, I guess it was more of an event than Reds and the Restless, even though the Reds were a bigger deal. Yeah. No, All My Bengals was an event. It was absolutely an yeah. event. It was production-wise. I mean, the amount of yeah. time we put into it. We we would write. Uh, there wasn't that much that we would write that day in the office before we did production. But yeah. we we were usually still hammering some stuff out on all my bangles on Mondays. And yeah, it was. And then it started, and it got long, and it got. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was truly an event. It was yeah. a five o'clock I, I, event. I think I have some of them on my hard drive somewhere. Still. Do you? I was gonna yeah. say, is there an archive? Or is any of this stuff on YouTube? Huh. Well. <laughs> there's yeah, there's there's an archive. floating archives in various places. Yeah, uh, JD Riggs allegedly yes. has an archive. He's got ba- he's got boxes and boxes of yeah. various media. I mean, yeah. he's got um, dat tapes and oh god, um, yeah, it all exists somewhere. I've got very few. I have the bits of mine that appeared on the year end compilations, okay, and stuff I recorded off the air that I transferred over. But I have very little of that. Like the last couple of my Bengals. Uh, I recorded because I knew it was coming to an end. So, and I didn't even go back to see if any of my stuff was even in it. Yeah. And I'm not even sure if I would know if any of my stuff was in it. But um, uh, I was very ha- oh synonymous Bengal. Yeah. I was so happy. My my dad was also a big radio guy. Um, he he always used to do this joke about the, the College of Farts and Sinuses, and so I, that was my, the last anonymous. He says that he's going to go back and study at the College of Farts and Sinuses, and I sent that to him. Your, your awesome. joke, your joke made it to the last anonymous, and it, it's in Gary's book. The script is actually in Gary's book. Yeah, yeah. So he probably cracked up immediately after he said it too. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's he probably um, that was probably a production break because that's pretty good. <laughs> well, the thing about uh, Gary, especially with Gilbert. And things like that. The Gilbert, you were just supposed to send in an idea and one or two jokes. Right. And he would take it from there. And boy, right. did he. I sent the the Sprite one, which my wife argues to this day, by the way, that was her idea. It wasn't. I brought her a Sprite and opened it up, and it said, uh, one in three wins, try again. Yeah. So I put the back on. That's a so classic. This, this would be a great, uh, great uh, Gilbert. 
And Maddie goes, yeah, that, that would be fine. To this day, she thinks she came up with the idea. She didn't. She just um, happened and, to be around. She doesn't listen to the, this podcast, so she'll, she can't refute it now. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and I sent, like, that. I sent one or two jokes, and it's this big, long, eight-minute bit. And confirm this if you can. Word on the street is that was the one of the last ones that was actually to a company because Coke got very upset. I th- yeah, that wouldn't surprise me if, if... I mean, a lot of people got upset over the years. <laughs> yeah. It, a lot of those things got harder to do with the onset of uh, caller ID. And, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. it, it became a little bit more difficult. Um, so, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me at all if that was one to an actual big company. Yeah. yeah, and then he from then on, Gary had to call like people in the office to pretend to be a company. <laughs> yes. But but that really wasn't the joke. The joke, because I'm not a big prank call guy. Right. And so, but the joke really wasn't the people on the other end. The joke was Gilbert's confusion. Exactly. That yeah. was always, that was always the thing about Gilbert that even, I don't think Gary, Gary's definitely, but he was never a prank call guy. He, exactly. It was the, it was the, uh, uh, it was the character. Gary, uh, yes, Gilbert himself was the, was yeah. the foil. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah, which is kind of reverse of the way it became. And right. You ever write any Earl Pitts? A little bit. Um, I, I would, I, actually, I would do more, but it was always just so well handled by everyone else that I right, never really, yeah. yeah. How yeah. about you? Did you? I got one in. Right. Yeah, I submitted a ton. Oh, really? I can't remember which one mine was, even. Yeah. yeah. I think, like, I don't know that, like, Rob Irvin, who wrote a lot of stuff. Yeah. Uh, while while working with us, while working on the show, didn't write many Earl Pitts, but he afterwards just was put himself in the mindset and yeah, yeah. has done a lot of them. Since yeah, it then. seems that yeah people kind of burned themselves out on absolutely on that pretty quick. That's like. you talk about a backlog of material. <laughs> you could run Earl Pitts from now until yeah. fifty years and not repeat and it's, one. It's still going. Yes, it is. Yeah, yep. JD still producing it. <laughs> yes. Um, so as far as the production as- aspect, remember, you know, we would, uh, on our end, on the writing end, we would fax the stuff in by 10 a.m., and then I only kind of know what the process was from there, just from asking Rob, but what happened once the fax machine was emptied? And fax machines, who? <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, our first fax machine was the old, uh, what do you call the thin paper with the... Oh, the thermo. The thermo, yeah. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Oh, my God. Oh, those were, yeah, and that was... With the technology didn't always work that well, and we had to have people send them, send stuff back in and resend it. Um, so yeah, everything got put on Gary's desk, and he'd go through it and figure out what we were going to do that day, and um, if anything needed. There wasn't a whole lot of like group editing or anything yeah. after that. Um, everything was pretty much ready to go if when if he found stuff he was ready to do, and uh, then it was production time. I wasn't in for production that often unless they yeah. needed, you know, my excellent voice work right. on all my Bengals where I played um, uh, an offensive lineman um, or sometimes a running back. Dave Lapham. And Dave Lapham, yes. <laughs> who, who is one of the nicest guys I, in the world. And I always <laughs> felt so bad portraying him as a giant goob. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but when I, it, that could be the most fun part of the day if it was going right and it could also be the just the most frustrating part of the day when it wasn't going right because you need you need a lot of things to come together you need the equipment to cooperate and you need everyone if if it's a complicated thing you need everybody to be on point with because the goal was always to do it 
not necessarily in one take, but with as little editing needed right. as possible. Yeah. We weren't doing Sergeant Pepper. We had to put, <laughs> we had to put a radio show together with four or five bits out every day. So. And the, yeah, there's post production then. There's sound effects to go in, and we, we tried to get all those going as as it was being recorded. As it was, you know, oh. tried to make everything as linear as possible. So um, because there would still be time afterwards that you need to process everything and you need to you know all that kind of in the digital part of it to um process it and in the very beginning um you we were editing with the razor blade oh, yeah. tape Jeez. yeah forgot about that too yeah and doc was a wizard at that and that was a delight to watch if you're it's an actual razor blade cutting and splicing yeah i did a little bit of that in school and right i was like whoa there's got to be a better way no that was my first six months of radio was learning that like i would have to do it forever Ooh. and wow. luckily i only had to do my own stuff which i would oh, do yeah. after work sometimes and just take my time but um yeah we were all glad to see the uh digital equipment come in cubby reporter duke yes how does cubby reporter duke come about um we just he just gary wanted another little aspect a little news that was just all his his idea to make it a bigger uh more fun segment and um yeah i started cranking those out pretty early on and that was that was fun and it was also a another thing that got harder to do oh the yeah set of caller id and um <laughs> Following proper FCC rules about telling people that they're oh, going to be yeah. on the air, yeah, that kind of thing. Doc's old trick. Hello, you're on the air. The senseless service. Yeah, I tried all kinds of various things like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, I remember Gary's favorite of yours, and it ties back to your, probably your hometown. It was the guy, the mayor in upstate New York? Oh yeah, Mayor Hannah from Utica. Yeah. What was his deal? Oh, what was his deal? He was um. He was in trouble for cursing too much. That was it. <laughs> when did he curse? He like cursed on t- national TV or something. Yeah. And he was what he what it was is Utica was a booming town at one point, 50s and 60s, you know, a factory kind of town that uh, people started moving out of, and factories started closing in down in the 70s, and population dropped. And but the mayor, Mayor Hanna, was in charge of the joint in the 60s and 70s. So all the all the young people start moving out. It comes to be the '90s. He runs again. Everybody who's still there knows him from forever. So it's a he becomes mayor again. And at this point, he's old and cranky and does not give af. So <laughs> he, he's he's cursing on TV. And I called his office with the sole intention of just trying to get him to curse so I could bleep yeah. it out. Yeah, yeah. And eventually he did. Yeah. And then after that, I'd call, I called him a few times after that. Whenever he'd do something goofy, um, he uh, set off fireworks at like – he had the city set off fireworks on Election Day at like 8 in the morning to make people <laughs> get up and go out and vote. And I called him that day, and he could not have been happier. He was just like giddy with excitement over what a great thing he'd done that morning. So how many times did you call him? Because I remember it was – It was what? a few. I, I can't remember what the other – the other. he never caught on? Uh, he never, you know, he was happy to be talking to me. <laughs> <He> was, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember the one time when uh, you played one of them, I happened to be up there for Sports or Consequences, <clears throat> and I've never seen Gary laugh so hard in my life. It just busted Gary up. Yeah. Especially the guy, he kept swearing and swearing. He said he wasn't, I think he said he wasn't going to swear, because I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to get me to swear. Well, God damn it, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he was a good one. So what are some of your other favorite bits and memories from the show? Oh, a lot of stuff that happened off the air. A lot of stuff that just happened during the breaks and 
Oh, man. Um, all right, I'll venture into this story. I don't know if all you right. edit your podcast or not, but you, you figure out if you want to put this in. Okay. <laughs> there was... Sports or Consequences got a little crazy at times. Yeah, I was asking about that, too. Because we had guests come in yeah. and... You know, people. Some people are intimidated and quiet. Some people. We'd have Boy Scout groups come in, and they'd be bouncing off the walls. And one one day we had a just a weird day where there were like two or three guests plus a very nice lady who works in charities around town. Works with various charities around town, having a charity event that she was plugging. And it was right before the break, and we have a caller come call in who. He might have been a relative of Mayor Hannah, except maybe older. <laughs> and his question was, what was the name of the midget that batted in the Major Leagues Baseball? Everybody just starts laughing and, well, hold on, dude. All right. Well, <laughs> Gary puts him on hold. People are laughing at the way the guy phrased the question as we're off the air. And the nice charity lady <laughs> is saying, Gary, Gary. You can't let him say that. That's not a proper word. They're little people. You can't. That's that's like saying the N word. She tells Gary, and he says, "What? No. What? What? Huh? What?" And people are still just like, he said, "No. That's not. Nobody ever got lynched for being a midget." Jeez. <laughs> so people people are still just kind of chuckling, and Gary says, "Well, why would? The, and why would they lynch?" Why would that happen anyway? Was she? Was he talking to a tall woman? So that was the, one of the most bizarre moments that I think back on and chuckle about. Uh, when did sports or consequences get started? Wasn't it, that was, predated me? Right, yeah. Trump, I think. Yeah, with Trumpy. Yeah. Um, and they, yeah, that's when they were Trump and Andy Mack, and that's um, right. Yeah, uh, Doug Kidd. Trump's producer, but yeah, that goes back to the early days. Yeah, and as I, people always used to ask if you know they looked the answers up, and to the recollection of the times I was up there, I maybe saw somebody look up something once, mm-hmm. and I think that was just to confirm something. I don't even think it was. Uh, I remember Randy Mack was stunned that I knew that the Giants played in the Yale Bowl for a couple of years. Oh, that's good. Yankee Stadium. He said he, goes, he thought I looked it up. He goes, "Who was this guy? Who, how do you know him?" I just I just know a bunch of dumb stuff about football. <laughs> yeah, that was, Andy Mack was amazing. Didn't, yeah. he, didn't need books exactly when he was there. Yeah, yeah. Trumpy just to some extent too. I remember um, who's the guy that does uh, the Ohio State games? Um, Paul Keels. Paul Keels came in and rescued us uh, with Turducken. Someone called in and asked, "What? What do you? Will you put a chicken and a turkey?" And we were stumped because no one had ever heard of it at that point. And we're like, uh, "We we and and so he opens the door and he sees that's called a turducken." <laughs> that With a giant voice. voice, yes, that's awesome. <laughs> um, so, uh, what are you doing? Do you hear from the old gang uh, anymore? Like we were talking about old Rob Urban and yeah. JD Riggs and Robbie and I, I talked to JD every here and there. I talked to Gary every now and again. Um, Mr. Irvin and I just went to Las Vegas uh, in oh, January. Cool. Yeah, I, yeah, I see him on Facebook occasionally, but yeah. he occasionally will like something, and that's it. It's a <laughs> he's a he's a, yeah he's a lot of I mean, he uses Facebook like uh, <laughs> like uh, my the ancient relatives. He's yeah. pretty good. At it. He stays up to date um, yeah. with what people are doing, and, and yeah, and um, that's it. yeah, we had a great trip to Las Vegas. Uh, maybe have another one here in the maybe in the fall. You're maybe. a big you're a big Vegas guy. I enjoy Las Vegas. Imper- what do you think of it now? 
Uh, it's not the value that it used to be. No. But you have to seek out your value now. Yeah. I'm becoming more of a downtown guy a little bit. We were thinking about that because it's now uh, you. They they're charging for parking. Yes. And Duke was always my big Las Vegas expert when we first started going out there. You were my first resource. You used to say the Imperial Palace. The great old Imperial Palace. Which is something. What is it now? It's the Link? It's the Link. There you go. You still stay there? No. No. <laughs> no. It's... Uh, I, st- I st- still stay at the Caesars properties, the cheaper ones. That, okay. Uh, where I stay where they'll comp me. I stay where I can stay for free most of the time. Uh, well, you probably you spend enough money out there, I guess. You Just enough. Yeah. We, I'm real good at working the system. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we're, we're not. We, we did one year. We went out there, and they had some pro- promotion for locals where uh, if you went to this one gas station, uh, it, you could get terrible play. Terribles. It was Terribles, yeah. <laughs> Man, you heard of it. You could get free play, and uh, all these locals were there, but you, you could only redeem a certain amount, and people didn't know that. So we were standing in line. You'd have to show proof of residency or anything. So we were standing in line, and people ahead of us were finding out they could only get so much play. So they were just giving them to anybody else in line. Say, here, take them. We're not going nice. to let us use them. So we ended up with like about 100 bucks of free play and that's turned cool. it into like 500. So Yeah, that's always my plan is to gather all my free play and try to try to make my fortune from just what they're giving me. There you go. It never quite works out that way. <laughs> the, 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 the free drink thing, that's... That's you can still. Come by. Yeah, I'm still pretty good at that too. We figured out a system. Yeah. In uh, in uh, Mirage, we still stay at Mirage. I like Mirage a lot. Get, yeah, and they can still get a pretty cheap room there, and uh, and we we have their card and everything. But uh, if you stay, if you over by where the deli is, that's where the drink station is, where they come out for the drink station. Okay. So if you play in that area. The waitresses have to go back and forth there, so you can get them on the way in and the way out. Yeah, you know, they will stop still because they they still want to tip. They're supposed to now. They're policing it now for folks uh, it, it, who are curious. They're policing it now. They're trying to do it by how much you're gambling. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. There's um at the do you ever go to the Cosmopolitan? It's the yeah 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 yeah. That's the swanky um, yep. um where uh, the Holiday Inn used to be. Yes. <laughs> um, they started the drink ticket system, which I was really oh. tri- trying to figure out uh, a few trips ago, where they it'll you, you put in t- 20 bucks or so and hit max bet for quarters, and you get your first drink free. But after that, it spits out coupons that say when you're allowed to, that you turn in oh. for your next free drinks. I did not know that. Which I thought was going to be just the worst thing in the world, but they came out at a pretty good pace. Okay. And I was also sitting next to a lady who was accumulating them and just way faster oh. than she could. And she gave me a bunch of hers when she left. Oh. And um, But little things like that are going on all over. There's um, like red light, green light systems, especially the bar top poker, video poker. They have red light, green light on the back, which indicates to the bartender whether you've gambled enough to have a free drink or not. Oh, my God. Well, it started in the sports book. Uh, I went to one. It might have been in the Cosmopolitan, actually. And I said, oh, "I'll just sit here, and watch a game, and you know, have a beer, and you know, I'll, I'll you know, bet ten bucks." And uh, so I put my ten dollar bet down, and, the, and, and I say, and so I'm sitting there, and I go back up, say, just, "Do you still get a drink?" And the neighbor around and goes, "Oh yeah, you gamble two hundred and fifty dollars, and you can get a drink ticket." Yeah. I'm like, "What are you out of your mind? If I do fifty dollars, I'd be sitting here." <laughs> yeah, at the Caesar's nuts? properties, you might get a drink ticket for a hundred bucks with a sports bet. Jeez. And it's especially disappointing, too. I don't know when you first started going, but when I first laid down my roots at the Imperial Palace, we would sit at the in the when we were just tapped out for the day. We'd sit in the Kino Lounge and pretend oh, to be yeah. filling out, <laughs> pretend to be just 
basically coloring, and you know, those waitresses didn't care. You're sure. giving, a, you know, you still yeah. tip your waitresses. Exactly. Um, so that, and also with this, with the bar tops downstairs, as long as you were tipping the bartender. Yeah. But yeah, it's getting it's getting a little stingy out there. Yeah. What, when did you first start going? It was uh, when I right when I turned. It was like ninety two. Okay. Yeah. yeah. We probably went at like ninety six, ninety seven. We did the show out there at least once. Oh. At least once. I forgot the show used to travel sometimes. Yeah, that was for the. It was during the NAB convention. Oh. And it was right after we were syndicated. Um, and we stayed at a hole for the first night. We stayed at a. It wasn't Tam O'Shanties, but it was something like that. We ended up moving to the Sahara. Okay, yeah. But um, this was, it's been torn down since. It was where part of the Venetian is now. Oh, yeah, but where the Sands was. It's, uh, there was not, uh, but further up it, the strip. Was it the Scottish place that had the broken, like... That's the Tam O'Shanties that, is the one. Okay. Yeah, but it wasn't that. It was, it was a... I can't remember the name. The Vagabond? Maybe? Vagabond, yes. The Vagabond, yes. We oh could actually God. see the Mirage Volcano from our from our crappy little hotel rooms that we did. It was just for one night. The NAB yeah, yeah. Got, got very crowded. Yeah. But, yeah, that was a fun trip. We traveled. We went to New Orleans a few times, too. Two of my favorite cities we made our way to oh, to do the right. show. Yeah. yeah. We're, uh, we're having um, Hannah's uh, 21st birthday in New Orleans. Nice. Where are you staying? I forget. Patty's got all the arrangements made. That'll be a ball. It, yeah. Well, it was always going to be Las Vegas, and then we went to uh, we went and visited my brother-in-law in Texas. And Hannah's like, "I want to when we come back. Can we come back through New Orleans? I want to see New Orleans." We're like, "Sure," and we did. And she just fell in love with it. And then Patty had to go down there in business about six months later, and she really liked it. Lizzie hated it. <laughs> Still hates the idea. We have to go there, but um, yeah, <laughs> we, we switched from Las Vegas to uh, New Orleans. Yeah, and, and Las Vegas is just rubbish now. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's getting a little rough. It's getting a little rough. You gotta, yeah, I mean, gotta know the system. I guess. I guess. I'm still yeah. hanging tough with it. I this time, then my next trip, I'll be staying downtown and hopefully uh, finding a new a new path there. Yeah, we, do you ever run a car when you're there? No, I never do. That so that helps that I don't have to pay for parking. Yeah, so we did, but it also it. means I don't. I, I haven't rented. I've driven out there twice. Oh, yes, which were that was an adventure. But uh, I, yeah, yeah, that kind of wears you out for the whole rest of the trip. Twenty nine hours in the car. I can imagine. Jeez, that's <laughs> <laughs> so. So uh, what did you do after the show ended? Uh, and uh, they kept Gary would always keep threatening to retire, and he held off for several years yes and until they finally didn't renew his contract we knew they were going to renew his contract uh, yeah and so he re- he retired I wasn't positive he was going to do it until the very last day oh really <laughs> well, uh, I was pretty sure like in de- that <clears throat> December because I remember coming up for one of the last shows with uh, the girls yeah they'd already moved to uh, Kenwood and uh, yeah it seemed it seemed like it was winding down I think it was the second to last show we came to actually. okay yeah 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 and uh, so so what did you do uh, what did I do? I knew I was just going to take some time off and just do some stuff. You know, just, I had a few trips and a few road trips and, um, eventually started doing some freelance writing here and there and then, um, got into 
the wedding video business with my father-in-law. Okay. Um, still doing that now. And uh, you got mixed up with the Durf guy for a while. Absolutely, still, still. Is that, is that with still the on? Guy. There's still things going on. Okay, yes, I'll have still to talk to you. Going after on. The show. I, I was doing stuff, and then yeah. I just kind of fell out of touch with them. Yeah. And so maybe I should reconnect. Always. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. never a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> so is that a website now, or is it? It used to be a paper. Yeah, I, the print edition has not been going, but the website uh, go undergoing some changes. Okay. Yes. And uh, so what's what's it doing? Is it still a comedy website? I know he was interested in making it more of like a, uh, a more bar-related entertainment kind of thing. There's or? There are things going on at Durf that okay. I'll wait for a press release on. All right. Oh, <laughs> so <no> exclusive. <laughs> what kind of things are you writing for them? I was doing pet obituaries for a while. Oh, that was a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I thought those were kind of dumb, but I found, well, ah, they but liked them. So. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah. fun. Um, yeah, I did stuff with them for a while, and a few just uh, little radio stations around the country. Oh yeah, yeah, just some, just a few little prep things here and there. Morning Sidekick, ACN, yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and those, those guys all went out of business too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, like I said, I in the beginning I was I never was a radio guy. Didn't do the proper things to become a radio person. Didn't. You know, so I knew that radio wasn't going to be all along while I was working for Gary. I knew that this was a unique opportunity. Oh, uh, okay. That I got it in a unique way mm -hmm. and that to carry on um, in radio, I, I didn't know that I... And the way radio goes now, what uh, it's, it's not the most thriving industry in the world. Not stable. Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what we found out. Because yeah. everyone has their sweet podcast. That's right. Yeah, True. So. Yeah. Yeah. So this is this is where you ever thought of doing one of these? I have. I've yeah. I'm in my huge list of things that I have never quite finished <laughs> are some podcast ideas. Absolutely. And as I recall, websites, all kinds of things. Oh, okay. As I recall, uh, occasionally you and Rob got to uh, host the show when Gary was off. But then sometimes it was the best of Burbank, but Sports or Consequences was always live. Right. And, of course, then it was Sports or Rock or Consequences. Yes. Rock. 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 <laughs> yeah, that was always fun. Uh, we, it started with uh, Damien Dodderwich, who was on the show. Oh, for that's him. right. Yeah. I remember Damien. Pre-Rob pre Irvin. Um, yeah, yeah. We would host on like Thanksgiving Day. That's right. Christmas, yeah, yeah. you know, Christmas Eve, the Holiday Boy. That's where the Holiday Boys came that's about. That's right. That's right. Where, yeah, no one was, in relative terms, no one was listening. So we just got to have fun and do whatever we wanted. Yeah. And didn't you host? Did they did they give you a tryout on the the sister station five fifty? I thought you guys. I feel uh, not us. Um, Maybe it's Chris and Rob. I, Chris and Rob did get a did get a shot over there. At some point, yeah, yeah, I always enjoyed listening to them on Wave. Oh, that's yeah, yeah. So it's always a good gig. With sports or rock or consequences. So you, you, that your music did a lot of albums. You get a lot of your use your music acumen a lot on that. Yeah, I, mine wasn't as strong as everybody else in the room, but but yeah, good. We uh, what was banned? No British prog rock. That's what <laughs> that was Rob's rule. I don't remember. That. <laughs> no questions about British prog rock. My friend April calls it wizard rock. <laughs> so that works yeah. too. Yeah, I don't know. Wizard rock never took with with me either. Mm -hmm. um, I remember one time, I uh, someone some guy called. I think it was when you guys were hosting. It wasn't, or maybe it was when Gary was hosting. Um, someone called in about a question about Coney, and they're trying to say that uh, all the exteriors for the banana splits were shot at. 
King's Island. And I was like, no, they were shot at six... I, I told Rob, I, I insist that this is true. Uh, they were shot at Six Flags, uh, Texas, and Coney Island here in Cincinnati. Yeah. But that was it. It was it was Kings Island and until after they stopped, stopped uh, shooting go ban- or, um, uh, banana splits. splits. And yeah, so I was uh, driving around calling in like a faithful soldier <laughs> trying to defend <laughs> Set them straight. sports or rock or consequences. Yeah. <laughs> so it was, was always amazing to me the things that would set off a giant controversy like that and the things that if you wanted if you wanted phone calls if you if you needed people to call in the topics are ju- were just so basic it was driving directions oh yeah that's right because it was always sports or consequence and it was a wild card category yes. yeah that's right <laughs> it, it, just the things that would set people off would, it was always amazing to find out what they were and you'd always get the same every six months somebody would call in with the how do you get the what are the what's it five or six ways you can get to first base sure and I think that was always a yeah that was always one uh-huh. and uh, what were some of the other ones that just the classic ones some of them weren't it turned out not to be true there's, uh, there was one about uh, Fred Fred Lynn and Lynn Swan had the same roommate. I forget how that was uh, phrased, <laughs> but for, somehow Fred Lynn and lots lots of urban legends. Yeah, yeah. I guess yeah, and that was really before the internet got going. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I always wonder how the first of all, no one would believe that we weren't looking things up nowadays. Yeah. yeah. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know how that would, <laughs> how that would play. Internet ruins everything. It kind of does. <laughs> it does yeah. Um, although they're just allowing us to do this. So yeah. I guess there's. Uh, and and speaking of the internet, getting back to Facebook, and we had this conversation earlier. Holly, you were like, you, you were t- messaging me the other day that you don't check Facebook very often because it infuriates you. I try not to. I try not to. Yeah. Well, they just I. Uh, I'm too easily infuriated, maybe, because I also get mad on Vegas uh, message board sites. I, I see you on that, too. Yeah. Oh, do you really? You, it, your comments show up on the My Vegas thing. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, on the Facebook. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah well, there's it's this game you can play. Uh, you can play You get free slots, stuff. I'm staying at Bellagio free. free because of that yeah, that's stupid what we did. game. Yeah, that's why we stayed at Mirage. <laughs> I, think, I think we got a free room at Mirage. We only had to pay for one of us to stay or something right. like that. Yeah. Is it online? Get, uh, it's in Facebook, and it's an app, and you play slots, and you accumulate points. And then you can cash them in for... Uh, Patty actually wants to do a cruise instead of going to Vegas because she's done with Vegas. Oh, you got a million she's points, do you? Yeah, and yeah. you can go on, a, go on a cruise. That's right. And so anyway, they show you so many ads? Are you paying to play this game? Or? I don't even know how they're making money. I think they're just... Since they're, they're brainwashing you to play the slots, <laughs> once you get there, they've trained you like a monkey. Uh-huh. And you can just... And even the free rooms, you're paying... 50 bucks a night well not quite yeah. 40, 50 bucks a night for every resort fee oh yeah yeah, yeah. and you're Taxes also and... yeah that's what we had to do with shirts man charge a, a tag fee or something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. a wearer's yeah. fee $20 for the shirt but they have a wearer's fee of 15 they go with the shirt cool fee yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I forgot I was going with this With oh yeah anyway when you comment on it I see your comment yeah, so, yeah you're no I also like on TripAdvisor I'll, I'll, I'll uh, look over the, the, for, the Las Vegas forum get angry with people who are too much into MGM properties and <laughs> I just I, I am too easily triggered by the internet sometimes and Facebook in particular yeah I try not to be but I'll, I'll still comment but I'll no longer post in fact there's a, a guy I know uh, I don't know if you know comedian Tim Slagle Josh might know him. Eh, no, I don't. But. He's he's a bit of a libertarian mind, and I liked him. He's been on my show several times, and he's a great guy to talk to from the other side. But I posted about Live Aid, 
And I said, you know, I was having a real, you know, crappy week. Uh, one of our cars is broken. We had to replace our dishwasher. All this stuff's coming at us. Thanks, and Obama. Right, yeah. So it's, and so it's. I see uh, tw- on Twitter that Live Aid is trending. I'm like, oh, this is the anniversary. How fun. So I posted, I took a bunch of pictures off the internet of all my favorite performances. And I said, hey, everybody, what was your favorite performance at Live Aid? And it's going along great. And then Tim chimes in with his rubbish article about, oh, uh, all the money was given to the rebels and the vi-. and I'm like, hey, first of all, Tim, that's a bunch of BS because the BBC had to apologize to Bob Geldof for saying that. And he keeps posting articles. I'm like, Tim, this is supposed to be a feel-good post about Live Aid, not one <laughs> sure. of those political arguments. Let's yeah. fight! Yeah. Yeah, yeah, he wants to start a fight. And I'm like, right. dude, come on! <laughs> yeah, there's there's an inability... I, I'll go ahead and say on both si- on both side on every side of every issue of some people to interject that kind of the, 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 those beliefs in where they don't belong. Yeah, where they don't exactly. Bel- George Carlin had a great thing about people to avoid, and he had a long <laughs> yeah, list yeah, of yeah. them. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. The long list of them. Albums. And there were, I mean, there were guys named Rory. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the, <laughs> parents who named their children, yeah, yeah. all with the same first letter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Boy Scout leaders who own dildo shops. <laughs> but the one that kills me is, and it's, it's, it really fits into what we're talking about, is people who can't have a 30-second conversation without mentioning Jesus 50 times. <laughs> and it's the same thing now. If you can't have a conversation about Live Aid or Las Vegas or whatever yeah. without mentioning Donald Trump and the deep deep state and uh. what you heard on Fox News or any other station, just just stop. Settle down. Find yeah. something else to do. Yeah, it's it's crazy. It's like... I, like I said, I don't, I no longer, no longer post political things in my actual. I'll comment occasionally, you know. Yeah. I'll, I'll fact check some people, and I don't know if it's the algorithm, the way Facebook functions or not. But anecdotally speaking, all I can say is one side is way worse than the other, <laughs> and that's all I'm saying. There's no equivalency. There's no. There's yeah. two sides to every issue. Yeah. A lot of people I know. <clears throat> On one side, post a lot of stuff that's not true and mm-hmm. verified, and the other people, um, some of my cousins and stuff like that, post stuff. And I go back and check, and I'm like, "Oh, what do you know? That's right. <laughs> I can verify that." Yeah. So, what else is taking up your time, man? Uh, those are the. Ba- I just started getting back into baseball. I took like ten years off of caring about baseball. Oh wow! I, maybe not ten years, but it took way too long. Way too long, and I don't know why it happened, but I'm glad I'm back uh, involved and enjoying baseball That's as, cool. as, as all of Major League Baseball. Just got, watching it in general, yeah, watching the whole. Stats or... I, I for the first time, I used to hate fantasy. The entire idea of fantasy baseball, I hated going to a baseball <laughs> game and seeing a guy who just cheered for the other team because Ooh. he's on his he's on his fantasy team. Yeah. I just thought that was evil and it was going to ruin the sport. Well, there's other things that are going to ruin the sport, but that's yeah. not it. So yeah, I've got my very first ever fantasy baseball team and uh, oh, wow. got uh, MLB TV and I'm watching games from all over the country and I'm loving uh, seeing different baseball broadcasters um, just the way uh, other other teams call the have broadcast teams the way they call the games oh, yeah, and stuff yeah. like that so yeah, I'm really I'm into baseball now. So uh, always a Reds fan, or since you didn't grow I up I always here, have been. Okay. But yeah, Even when back I, in, you were in growing up. In I New York. mean, yeah. Well, I was I was in my formative baseball years were still here. Okay. Um, and okay. and at the uh, and in the best of times and worst of times for the Reds, you know. Yeah. I was probably at my biggest baseball fandom and. 
um, 82, 83, with, oh, okay. <laughs> with the yeah. Wayne Crenshaw era, as I yeah. call it. Okay. And um, then 90 had to be good with the Yeah, that was the, the yeah, series. That was the Zenith, yeah. yes. Yeah. yes. Uh, so, are you annoyed by soccer? you glad the World Cup's over? Or, uh? No, I'm not annoyed by soccer. I'm, I think it's kind of awesome that every four years everybody goes goes crazy. And, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, soccer's cool. Soccer's... Um, but, the kids get indoctrinated into it and start start <laughs> loving it and yeah it's great the, the enthusiasm is infectious somewhat yeah it is yeah the drama from the players to the fans do they do so fantasy they, soccer uh, is there some dude in Italy exactly, who's got yeah. a French guy on his team my and, mate uh, Brian who's um, <laughs> is off of Scotland he lives in Jacksonville Florida uh-huh. uh, he lived here for years and years but he, when he was a kid they did fantasy soccer and you would pick your t- you'd do it by mail and you would pick your team, and I, I don't know if they would do it with the Scott. I think they did it Europe-wide. You picked European players. Yeah. Big, and then you would mail in your roster, your starting roster, to whoever was running the league, and uh, and you would accumulate the points that way. So it was like back, I mean, well, but fantasy football and baseball in this country go back to the 70s, so mm-hmm. I guess it was the same thing. Yeah. I used yeah. to play the Status Pro Baseball, where you'd buy the game at the beginning of the year. The game board? Right. Stratomatic? Yeah. My buddies were really into that. Yeah. Yeah. So I did a little bit of that back in the day, but um, now I've forgiven the concept of fantasy baseball, and I look forward to the end of this year and next year. It's weird. I got out of fantasy football. I just lost interest. I still haven't done that. I don't know if I'll ever Uh, cross that Rubicon. Well, having my actual team, my team that I root for, my real team, the Browns, being so terrible, has really driven down my interest in pro football. I think and that kind of happened with me with the Reds. Yeah, and the fact that it's killing guys, I think, is another problem that I'm yeah, having with it. Right. <laughs> it's hard to square that circle. Oh, come on. <laughs> <Yeah>. But um, <laughs> the whole concept. LCT. But if you could, uh, but if you, well, I'm reading Bernie Kozar's book right now, and he talks a lot about that. About get killing people. About it, about how the league head injuries. Been, and it's weird because he he doesn't refer it's like he's afraid to call it the NFL. Also, the book he refers to it as the league. Like he was afraid someone was going to start, you know, a, a lawsuit. He's like one, I'm like four chapters into it. He says NFL once. The rest of the time he keeps saying the league, huh. the league. Yeah, and he's just kind of, he's not on a soapbox about it, but he's also implying like we could be doing a little bit more. <laughs> than yeah. the, because that dude got his bell rung a lot. Sure. Yeah. Back when I was heavy into football, I would watch Bernie get knocked down quite a bit. Yeah, those were some decent years for the Browns. That was. Well, and that's, you know, when I first moved here, the Bengals were awful. Mm-hmm. And it made writing all my Bengals way easier yeah. <laughs> than, uh, than, than I might have would have been. What I would have done if they were good. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, uh, we, we would struggle with that sometimes. So. When they got on those occasional... Uh, too many in a row, then you just, uh, yeah, you have to try to figure out something to make fun of the other team or the yeah. announcers. or yeah. yeah, the announcers is always a good good target, sure. Lap and Dave, and <laughs> unfortunately. Um, but but affectionately. Sure. That's that's the thing. Sometimes, you know, you do you do impressions, you know, to be mean, but other times they're done, you know, out of affection. Yeah. And, or some they're just, just done like, like Larry Flint. <laughs> yes. Yes. The, voice, the voice of Larry Flint. Yes. I remember one of my uh, favorite bits I ever did was uh, Cincinnati Tall and Stacked, sponsored by the Hustler Story. That's you, right. You were the voice of that. Yeah, man, I forgot that one, too. And I was so thrilled someone wrote into the show and said they were listening at work and couldn't stop laughing. Yeah. And it made me so happy that I was, we were able to do that. So. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. that was a big thing about radio is you don't see who you're talking to. And it's it was always uh, gratifying when you would... Run into somebody out in a bar or restaurant, or did you run into people like that? The people would be like, oh. order a beer, they're like, I know that voice. 
Yeah, it would always surprise me. It would always surprise me. It never surprised me more than when I gave some context clues, but I was still asked by my dentist in the middle of a root canal, oh, are you Duke from the Burbank show? (laughs) (laughs) I gave some, I said, he asked something about me not having to work. I said, and I think I said something about now I'm off today because I think I said because of the Reds. Uh, that, that, looking back, that really yeah, gave yeah. him a lot of clues. But <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, he, it always would very much surprise me if somebody recognized my voice. Did you like being Duke Sinatra? Did you not mind being Duke Sinatra? Because I know the, the nicknames Gary came up with for everybody were just. That one kind of came. I that started with um, Ask Andy. I can't. I used to do like a. I started out doing a different name every time I called in. Oh. And um, in my mind, the Duke was um, Raul Duke from Doonesbury. Oh. Hunter Thompson's yeah, Hunter yeah. Thompson-esque character. Okay. Uh, and I think I used that one two like twice in a row. And so you came up with that one. Yeah, that one. Oh. I came up with. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, because I thought most of them were, were Gary creations, like Secret Ga- Buddy Webb. Well, yeah, then Gary started changing my last name, uh, the last name part, like every few, every once in a while. Okay. I think for the very first, the very first set of tapes that when I was employed, the end of the year tapes. Yeah. I was. Um, that was the vampire ones interview with a vamp. Yeah, yeah. And I was Duke Lestat to go into uh, that theme. So okay. he would just change it to what was going on. But then when uh, we had the this karaoke contest thing and I sang a lot of Sinatra, then I became Duke Sinatra for good. Uh, but it all ties back to Vegas, oddly. Yeah, it doesn't everything. With Hunter Thompson and uh, <laughs> Frank right. Sinatra. Wow. <laughs> well, there you go. Yes. All right, man. Well, this has been great. This has been great catching up. Awesome, yes. Uh, yeah, so... I'll uh, see you around Anderson slash Mount Washington neighborhood. Yes, yes. Uh, Kroger, uh, still very little gunplay to speak of. In yeah. The Mount Washington Kroger. <laughs> yes. I, uh, hey, I'll take the Mount Washington Kroger over that Anderson hellhole any day oh of the week. Oh, my God. Every day any a, day of the week. Every day is a snowstorm at the Anderson Kroger. So. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I also, it's, you know, the, again, not to get political and whatnot, but <laughs> I know it's hard It's hard for any just normal white person to understand the concept of white privilege until you go to the traffic circle at the Anderson Town Center. Oh, my God. And then you understand <laughs> that some people just don't think that they should be impeded by such things as yield signs. Right. <laughs> America. Yeah. The one in Eastgate by Jungle Gyms is terrible, too. Uh, the traffic, we're not ready for traffic we're circles. Yeah. We're just if not you, ready. If you grow up with them, fine. I mean, right. that's what they're hoping for. It's going to be like soccer. It's like, right. well, all the kids will learn it. And right. I love traffic circles. Right. Let's try yeah. some fantasy but, uh, traffic yeah, circles. Yeah. It's, we it's, can't it's, handle snow flurries either. It's right. Yeah. Terrible. Traffic circles not working out. No. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Every episode, we uh, invite the guest to choose a uh, coupon code that they can use on uh, either CincyShirts.com or OldSchoolShirts.com or come into the store and just say the coupon code. It's a right. one-word thing. So you get to choose the code for people to get 20% off for the week this episode is up. Okay. So what would you like that to be? Woofs and licks. Woofs and licks? Woofs and licks. This is be a tricky one, folks. Is that a little too tough? Uh, Woof or wolf? Woof, like Marge used to sign her autograph. Okay. okay. Woofs and licks, honey. Oh, so, okay. So Got we'll make it? that, we'll spell that out. So, woofs and A-N-D licks. Yeah. All right. 
Does that so, work? Who have you listened to the podcast? Yeah, I'll make it all one word. Make them work for it. Good yeah, luck. there you go. Make them work. <laughs> I, most, I mostly want it to be used in store, and I wanted uh, I wanted to say it in Marge's voice. All right, woofs all right. and licks. Woofs and licks, honey. Huh, I wonder. <laughs> we did this uh, two weeks ago uh, with the Listerman guys. He did um, he did excellent, and then he did it in German. And I, I get if I said if you can if you can remember it in German, or if you're good at Google. And you can type it in in German, you get 25%. So maybe if someone can come in and do it in Marge's voice, we'll alert the stores. Yeah. If you come and do it in Marge's voice, right. uh, you can get 25%. Nice. There you go. I like Whoa, that a lot. Nice. Pressure's on. High uh, stakes. There you go, folks. And it's got and it's the determination of the store personnel whether your uh, Marge impression is good enough. So <laughs> Thumbs up. Be up to Science Yeti or Fran or Sheets yeah, or one of those that. folks you have to impress. You All right. have to educate some people on who Marge Shot is. Oh, well, that's there right. you go. That's a whole new generation, man. Well, look, we'll just do a search for Marge. If, uh, are they, we have a Marge shot. I know we have shirts, but I don't know if they're listed as under yeah. Marge shot. We got a large Marge shirt. Large and, uh, Marge. Uh, we need to bring back the Shotzi shirt. Yeah. We had the Never Forget They're still on there. I did the uh, descriptions for those. What about right? the hats? You remember the three-dimensional the three-dimensional Shotzi hats? It was like a St. Bernard face on the front of the ball cap. Those were beautiful. Yeah. Man, about to yeah. look that up. Get look those sort of off my radar. All right. Yeah, all right. We'll check those out. Thanks so much for coming. All right. Thanks, man. Absolutely. Good seeing you. You too. How I wish that there were more than the John Davies, better known to Cincinnati radio fans as Duke Sinatra. It was great catching up with him. And there's so much we didn't even get to. Uh, so I'll have to have him back. I uh, was thinking on the way home from the Hyde Park store. Wait, I forgot to talk to Duke about this whole other thing. So we'll have Duke back soon and uh, reminisce more about the Gary Burbank show. Uh, today's show was produced by me with some help from Josh and Darren. Our theme music is Cincinnati by Big Nothing, who are from Philadelphia. Check out our blog post from a couple of weeks ago. We went through all of the two dozen or so songs that are about or mention Cincinnati, including that song. Uh, find Big Nothing on Facebook, and you can also find their music on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you get your music. Find Vintage Tees from Philadelphia and other great cities like Cleveland, Louisville, Pittsburgh, Seattle, and more at OldSchoolShirts.com. We're always adding new designs to both sites, so stop by often online or in-store or both. In case you missed it, the promo code for this episode is Woofs and Licks. That's all one word. Uh, Duke wanted to make it kind of hard on you. Uh, we'll do it just three separate words, too. Woofs and Licks. That's what Marge always used to say. And you can take 20% off your entire order when you use that code at Cincy Shirts or OldSchoolShirts.com. We have a good bit of, uh, well, all kinds of, like, radio stuff. It's going to be Radio Day this Sunday, I believe it is. Or, no, that week from Monday, August 20th, is going to be National Radio Day. You can go to CincyShirts.com, OldSchoolShirts.com. We have uh, radio-related uh, shirts uh, for a lot of radio stations and just radio stuff in general at both sites. And then you can use the code Woofs and Licks to get 20% off. All right? Okay. You can also use that code in our physical or brick-and-mortar stores here in Cincinnati. That would be Over the Rhine, Hyde Park, and, of course, Loveland. Stop in and see us uh, at any of our locations or all of our locations. We'd love to see you. And as you heard, if you say the code in Marge's voice, you'll get 25% off. So if you do it in person at one of our stores, you get 25% off. I'll have to uh, alert the retail stores about that. Follow our social channels, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Snapchat for the latest Cincy Shirts news. Tell your friends about the show. Give us a good review. And as always, download or stream us next time. Bye.
wish I said goodbye.